and welcome to episode 60 of the Worldwide Chelsea Pod. Um, got two guests on today. Uh, first, we'll go to my co-host Marv. How are you feeling? Um, well, kind of relieved, but also a bit frustrated, but overall cannot complain. And our second guest for today is a back-to-the-regular guest, Jesters. How you doing? Uh, I feel like I got one stuck in the chamber, man, if you know what I'm saying. It's just like failure to finish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, today, today has been a roller coaster of events. Um, not in terms of me, and I think for a, I can speak for the rest of the guests, not very positive, despite in the end getting the what we'd call desired result um but we'll, we'll first of all before we go into that performance we'll look back at the match in midweek um we had our second to last premier league game against leicester city rematch the fa cup final and the boys seem to for this match pull it out the bag we won we won two nil two one in the end fairly good performance overall um first of all marv what did you think of the leicester performance um, well, the Leicester performance, I think they played really well. Um, in that game, they were fantastic. A lot of energy. Hines, you could have won by about five goals. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of the game before this one today, I think they were fantastic. Yeah, and Justice, do you, do you agree? I do, and I think that it's uh, the, the one difference between this game and, and, and the Leicester game is we had fans. We had our fans. Uh, and you can say what you will, but having that that those fans in the stadium brings an extra something and uh it did on both games yeah i think mean, i think looking if we got when we go into the, today's game i think you can definitely tell from the before even before the match the aston villa fans were really up for it and i think you could tell i i, I thought this was going to be a game where we'd be on the back foot for a bit and then grow into it but um obviously it kind of didn't turn out that way at all um so yeah going into today's match we had aston villa um 2-1 loss um obviously goals from el ghazi and former chelsea winger bertrand traore um and then ben chilwell got a little bit of a consolation goal which was good for him but a loss but thankfully well i say thankfully i i i I not i'm not going to give them any credit these this disgusting club any credit for it but Tottenham of all clubs managed to keep their bottle and beat Leicester 4-2 which means despite the loss we still get top four Marv give us a brief overview of what went wrong today well um, I mean if we're watching the game uh, the main core thing that went wrong kind of analyzing the game is that the chances just were not taken there was um few crosses in the box where no one attacks it, people jumping around like a fish, not even touching the ball. Um, again, it's a, a wastefulness, like um, a few where Mount just smashed the ball miles, nowhere near the goal. Um, ineffective attacking play, although we did kind of create enough chances to score. No goals, as usual. Aston Villa go down the other end, one chance. Well, actually, it was the second chance after Kovacic lost the ball and they missed it. But second chance, easy goal. And, and then you were in trouble, and then some stupid mistakes in the second half, and the game's done. I never expect us to come back when we're one down. We almost did, but again, didn't start playing until the 80th minute, and that's not, you know, not quick enough, and then we've lost another game. Yeah, I mean, it's this season's too many losses, and it, well, nearly cost us top four, obviously. 
somehow Tottenham managed to again keep their bottle, which is a surprise for Tottenham because that they're normally the king of bottlers. But I think we're ta- I think well Leicester are taking that crown and we're taking second in that, so we can't even win that. Um, but Jester's, what did you think went wrong today? Uh, lack of intensity. I thought that um, you can see the dip from intensity from the from throughout the whole team from uh, the the previous match, and and it's the same thing over and over. Uh, you you just don't uh, finish your dinner. You know the chances are the chance. It's not that we don't create chances. It's we don't put our chances away, and you know the build up play was way too slow today. You know, you don't give a defense time to set up when you know they're going to play basically a back six because it's very, very hard for three men in attack to b- break down six players. So you got to move it faster. you got to play the long balls over the top. And we started out that way in the first half, and it just, it just went all to pot. And it's... I hate to say this, but it's been typical Chelsea this year, right? It's kind of a habit. Well, I mean, the stat that kind of sums it up is that our top goal scorer is um, Jorginho with seven goals. That's the thing, though. That also doesn't matter that much. Because if you remember when we were talking about in the summer last season, we were talking about what the biggest issue was. It was the same. It was that we didn't, and this is like a uh, thing that's annoying me, people saying Abraham could play. We, we, we were here at the same point last season saying that we don't finish enough chances and that the signing should actually make, you know, convert those numbers, and they haven't. So even though whereas we haven't scored enough goals, it was also the same problem last season. Apart from last season, we also defended bad as well as didn't score goals. Whereas the time we defended well, we still don't score goals. The problem is the same as it was before, as, as it is right now. So yeah, Marv, I mean, try and um, tell me a bit more. Obviously, we had Pulisic, um, Werner, Mount. It was attack that, against Leicester, seemed to work okay. But what, what, what specifically do you think went wrong today? Because, I well, mean, Pulisic was at completely invisible at times. Mount missed every chance he got. Timo Werner, I mean, you, you've already said the uh, fly like a fish, so that, yeah. that kind of sums up. And I'm a big fan of Werner. I think he offers a really a lot to the team when he's playing the games. Um, and today, I mean, I'll say what, what I believe to be the, the biggest problem. We, we didn't take the chances, yes, but also we wasted so many final third options. Mount, there's one, I uh, watched the highlights just before we started. Mount got a ball in a six-yard box. He's got a player completely free in a corner and he's crossed the ball off. And, yeah, he's, he's a player of the year and everyone, you know, he can walk on water, but... Today he's got to get so much better in his final third decision making because it is terrible, and um and and I think that coupled with that I mean Pulisic was was shocking. He, his take ons were poor. He he lived to give the ball away. He didn't even get close to a chance. He did well towards second half with that assist and everything, but really wasn't anywhere near good enough. And we just don't threaten. So when we go revert to the same old tactic as put the ball out to the right, cross the ball in, no one attacks the ball enough. So that that's on all of the attackers really, and we. we just did not attack the ball at all. Yeah, I mean, Jester's obviously we know a lot of people know from listening to you on the multiple platforms you're on. Um, you are a big Pulisic fan, um, but obviously he has. I don't think he's he's not really gave himself that 
good call at the moment. He's not he's not playing too well. What 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 for you is going wrong with Christian Pulisic right now? Well, I you know we can we can start listening list we can list the, the excuses here, and so I'm going to go ahead and list them. With the underlying pinning, it doesn't matter. You still got to do better, right? You get a number ten on the back of your shirt. You're you're you've still got to play better. So I'm not going I'm not going to say these excuses give him a pass. It doesn't give him a pass. But we all know that if you have Werner down the center, he's going to drift to the left, correct? Yeah. So you what you ended up a lot of the time was nobody in the middle of the pitch, Christian Pulisic on the right, and at, at that point in time, um, Dave wasn't really making those runs because he made so many of them that Mount, when Mount was playing on the right, never, he always overplayed the ball. Uh, I thought Christian was better off the left in the beginning of the game, which he always is. And I don't understand why Mount has to be on the left or why Mount even needs to play in this system. You still, nobody can convince me that, the things that he gets praised for, we already have people that do, do that on the team, and they do it better. Uh, so he's not playing in the right position, and he's a type of player that plays off of people. He, you know, that's what him and Giroud had a very good connection last year at the end, is because he would play a ball into Giroud and then play off Giroud. And you saw that when Havertz and Ziyech came on at the end when he got his assist. They were playing one touch, give and go. And he has to have that, whether it's on the right, whether it's on the left, whether it's in the center, he has to have that play the ball in, lay, the, and then, you know, it's, it's a give and go in basketball is what it's called. Um, he can't beat three and four defenders. And that's what he was up against. Of course, he could have done better. So no excuses. He should have played better. Uh, but you're not going to see the best of him until he has players that he can play off of. And um, we don't have that when when Werner uh, is going to be your striker because he's not that type of person who's going to offer you that one-two combination. Uh, but again, no excuses. He, he needs to take the L. He didn't play well enough. And, and I'm not such a, a simp, as they say, that I won't criticize him when he needs to be criticized. Uh, he needs to do better. If he wants to keep that number 10 on the back, he needs to play like it, which means you have to, ra- you have to raise your level above even when players around you are not playing good enough. So do you, would you say that is it more of a personal change that we, and personnel change in terms of the shape up front or even a formation change that you think would hopefully get the best out of Christian Pulisic? Well, you could, you've, you've seen it with Havertz. See, Havertz is a different type of player when he's playing in the center because you can play off of him. You know, he's, he's, he's also a creative player. He's not just an out-and-out scorer. So you play the ball into him, you make a run, he's going to play it back to you. Um, whereas you're not going to get that same thing from somebody who has that out-and-out number nine mentality you know, even though we say Timo's not a nine, he does have that mentality where he wants to shoot. He wants to look, you know, to get it himself. Um, so I, I, I just think that 
that those three do not work well together um, at all. And, you know, you'd see a, a better, you know, even if just, just if you took either Mount or Havertz out, or excuse me, Mount or, or, or Werner out of that team and put Havertz in for one of those two, you would have seen a lot better link-up play between the front three because Havertz is the glue that holds all that thing, that whole thing together. Um, and and so for me, the the best our best attacking three is is Havertz, Werner, and Pulisic um, because Havertz will link with both players very well. Like I said, he's the glue, and without him there, you're asking either Mount or or, or Pulisic to be the glue that holds everybody together and. And it's just not in their game. Yeah, Mar- Marv, would you agree with this point? Um... I think so. I think I think <clears throat> we we might be expecting a bit too much from Mount. Yeah, but I think that the fans on online and stuff, and even the ones going to games, have kind of really done damage to it because. In retrospect, he's a good player, but he's twenty two, uh, and I think he's actually a very good player. But I think we've got to slam the brakes a little bit, right? We're, there, those final third decisions are where he's not a top player, and I think he's good scorer, he's good at shooting, he's, he's got a lot of ability, and I think he will be, you know, keep going and keep going. But yeah, I do think that Havertz offers quite a bit more in terms of the technical ability and ideas in that area. Um, but again, it's a tough decision. Thankfully, we've got that decision. But what, in my opinion, what we really miss is that that in the box killer, and it's got to be a killer that can also play football. We, we found out that that doesn't work when we have bums like Morata playing. We need a player that scores a lot of goals and it can also play. So it can be more of an inverted left side one, you know, like Salah-esque, and it could be someone like Kane-esque, Haaland-esque, but it needs to be someone that can add to the game as well as score. And, and I cannot stress that enough. Yeah, I mean, going on to the kind of Mount situation, I think, see, for me, in my opinion, I think that Mount has, obviously, as everyone said, he has been one of the best players so far this season and he has contributed a fair amount and played a lot in this team um which i think he i for, for me he's at the level that i'd expect a 22 year old to be yeah but, but the problem is i don't expect a 22 year old to be carrying the whole team i expect other players to be carrying the team and then mount developing on his development plan that he's on and he mount should not be the focus but because certain other players, for whatever reason, uh, are not stepping up to the plate, Mount, unfortunately, is the one that is in the spotlight and is creating the most, as the stats have shown. Um, but that, uh, that's what I think the problem is. I think you've got Mount, who is trying to hold the team together. Sometimes he does well in his patches, where he's doing well. But as a young player is... He's going to be inconsistent. He's going to have these couple games where he's not going to play well. But that's natural of a 22-year-old. What I'd expect is the 27-year-olds, the 28-year-olds, 29-year-olds in terms of Kovacic, Jorginho, Ziyech. They should be the players that should be stepping up to the game and making the game their own. And they should be the ones that we should realistically rely on, not a 22-year-old, a 21-year-old and Havertz. And a 24-year-old at Werner, who the latter two have only just started coming into the league. That's what I think is some of the problem. Is I think you look at some of these senior players, and you can look back at. Uh, we'll get into Aspi later on, but 
some of the senior players are just not stepping up and taking control of this game as they should. And therefore, you get Mount, who does well, gets idolised because that's just how Chelsea fans work. And then that's why he gets protected because I guess he's stepped up in the other season when other people are just consistently not stepping up. And then suddenly Mount has, Mount has become what we rely on, which is not what ha- should happen at a top club at Chelsea at the moment. Um, what do you guys think? Well, I, I this, and this would, was going to lead me into the question I was going to ask you all. Did Mount win player of, this, of the year or was yeah. he given player of the year because everybody else was so average? I mean, and almost by default. I mean, for me, I would have given it to Mendy, um, personally. I think he was probably... I mean, if we're looking at the super consistency, I do think he probably edged it. But if you say that, you're going to get abuse on Twitter, right? So, Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it is a bit of both. I think Mount has played well. and I, I think in terms of at the end of the season, I think in the natural world, Mount would have definitely been one of the people nominated, no matter whether people turn up or not. But whether he would have won it or not is another question, I think. The fact that, I agree with Marv, my my main other candidate for Player of the Year would have been Mendy. And that's bad that your two top contenders for Player of the Year is your goalkeeper and your 20-year-old, 22-year-old midfielder. That, yeah, for me, that, yeah. that is just not, that for me, that is just sparks the whole idea of too many players haven't been good enough. But, I mean, it's not, for me, it's not me criticising Mount because Mount, credit to him, has turned up when most players haven't. Uh, give him credit for that. I just think he shouldn't be taking the whole aspect of carrying the team because that's not at the level he's at. Maybe in two or three years, yeah, you'll be, we'll expect you to carry the team a bit more. But at the moment, I just expect you to get involved, play well, have your inconsistent patches and coming in and out of the team. But just develop in the way he wants because I think eventually people are just going to overhype him and that's when you're going to get people like you're going to get like the Mike Wohan where he just burns out or and etc like that he needs to have his development but have his development nice and smooth rather than just skyrocket up and then plummet back down yeah my only thing is Mount wouldn't be player of the year on the uh, three teams ahead of us or even Leicester who's behind us his season wouldn't have uh, if he had that season on those teams, he wouldn't be player of the year. So that's what I'm saying is it was he just because he was that much. It was kind of my same uh, thinking on Kova last year. He won it because he was the best of a worse, uh, a bunch of bad performances. You know, it, it's not like his, his player of the year is a 10. It's more like a seven if you're going to rate the player of the year. It's not a 10 performance, it's a 7, but that 7 is still better than the rest of the squad had. So that that's my thinking on that. I um, I just, I know because he's English and he, because he came out of Cobham, he's always going to be given that extra praise for anything he does. Uh, but for me, N'Golo Kante, <laughs> I know he, he's been injured. But we're a different team when that man is on the pitch and he's fit. We are night and day different when he's on the pitch. 
And so for me, if that's the case and, and Mount, if, if Mount's not in, in the team, we, we can play equally well offensively. But when N'Golo Conte is not on the pitch, we just do not have uh, the cojones there. He's like the only set of cojones on the whole team. I mean, you could say Rudiger, but he doesn't play in the midfield and he doesn't play progressing, progressing the ball. So you've got Rudiger, you've got Thiago, you've got Conte. Everybody else has shown that they're smooth as a Ken doll when it comes push comes to shove. And, you know, you've got to have him out there. And if he's not fit, um, he's a bigger miss in the final than Mendy. Because, you know, if, nobody, if they don't have shots on goals, they can't, they can't score. And that's, that's where he becomes so, so, so vital to this team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you raise some excellent points there in terms of, yeah, I think, again, Kante, I think, it is probably his injuries that have kept him back in terms of people's minds. Um, I'd say the same for Thiago Silva. I think if he didn't get injured in that six to eight week period in March, I think he would definitely be in that category again of player of the year. But And then what you said about Kovacic as well. I'd argue, yeah, Kovacic, he's player of the year. I'd argue going back to Williams, player of the year. Again, he was the best out of a bad bunch, a really bad bunch that year. And I think that has been kind of, apart from the, Ed, the times when Eden has won the player of the year in the last few years, I think, if I'm honest, that's, what's, that's what Chelsea's been about. It's been which player has not played as bad as the rest, which I hate, I hate to say, and it's, it's the problem which I would say is Chelsea is playing with mediocrity and has been since Jose Mourinho left. Um, Marv, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree completely on it. Um, it's, it's quite disappointing to see us come fourth all the seasons, like something that we used to make fun of for other teams. And uh, it would always be okay if we actually won a trophy. We really threw what should have been a nailed-on final win. Um, and that's unforgivable. Unless we win on Saturday, it's unforgivable how we could have two finals and lose both. And in the end, it becomes just as shit as last season was. Except last season, we had an excuse because we had no signings. And we had a new kind of, you know, new untested manager, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, big, big changes are actually needed. And we need to go out there, I keep repeating it, need to go out there and get that huge, huge, huge elite level striker. And it needs to be done without excuses. Yeah, I mean, luckily for us, we have got that top four that would give us a chance of signing most of these top strikers. So hopefully... At some point, we can get at least one of them. I I do think, in terms of mine and Marv's opinion, I think we're going to get the one we don't want, particularly want. But I have come to kind of the conclusion is, if that player does come in, but a Jaden Sancho comes with him, yeah, I wouldn't. I would actually understand it a bit more Me and too. probably accept it because I understand that if you got the other players, they'd cost twice the price. And you wouldn't be able to get Sancho in that. So, I, I, I mean, that, that will depend as if we do get Sancho. If we don't get Sancho and we just get that certain player that I think everyone can guess by now, um, then I, me and Marv won't be exactly 100% confident, but we will support the player nonetheless. Yeah, 
absolutely will support every player. I was saying it before, every player that puts on the shirt, I don't do the whole agenda thing. Everybody that puts on the shirt will have me supporting them. And criticism will only come when said player doesn't play well. It doesn't matter which player it is. That's our, you know, as a fan, I just want Chelsea to win. Could not care less who scores the goals. Could not care less who is playing as long as they play well. And we win. And, you know, if it is that player that I definitely do not want, then, you know, still would be supported like any other. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, obviously, we'll move from the forward line um, into the, the midfield pivot. Obviously, we had Jorginho and Kovacic play today. Um, people who know me know that I don't, I do have a tendency to criticise both of these players. Um, but again, like Marv, it's not when I, 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 I praise them when they do well and then when they perform like they do today, we, we have to criticise. Um, Marv, going to you first, how did you, what did you think of Jorginho and Kovacic's performance today? I mean, I was really anti them for a while because uh, I didn't like Sarri. I didn't like the football. Um, I like. I don't mind the players individually. I like them. I think they've had games where they've been really good for the club. Um, but you know, I remember arguing so many times about this Jovovic thing, and it's not really what I would go with. I prefer. I mean, I, I prefer a bit of tech in in my middle. I love that they can kind of play the ball quick and in between the lines and channels. I love that, but I prefer a ball carrier in my midfield actually. Um, someone who can thread the pass, yes, and also ball carriers, strong players who can win the ball, hold off the ball, people like Declan Rice style. I do prefer that in Don Belly, kind of, you know, Kante Pogba kind of style. Um, but in this case, they were both absolutely horrendous today. And that's worrying for the final. They were brilliant in the Champions League. Absolutely brilliant. It got to this game. Oh, my God. Uh, between them, they could have cost us about four goals today. Yeah, I mean, just, just to pick out one of the goals, obviously the we pick out the penalty. Um, a lot of people will directly criticise Jorginho, uh, which is completely justified. The challenge he made was uh, another one of his stupid challenges. Um, and I'd, I'd quite frankly argue one of his lazy challenges. But we can't forget the, the player who was marking Grealish in the first place and just like he usually does, let him go. And that player was Mateo Kovacic. Um, so, yeah, exactly in that goal, both of our centre mids in complete blame for the penalty. And as you said, in the first half, Kovacic lost that silly ball uh, where he got tackled. I, f- I think it was by McGinn, if I'm yep. correct. It was, it was McGinn. And it, it, for me, it was uh, nearly a uh, carbon copy of the Leicester goal when he came, when uh, he lost the ball there. Um, Jester's... What did you think of the Jovacic pivot as a trigger Marv right now? Well, I, you know I'm not a big fan of Jorginho. So first on, on the McGinn tackle, why is Jorginho playing the ball to Kovacic there when he can see McGinn closing him down? You know, I, <laughs> you don't play that ball to Kovacic because you're putting him in a position where he can fail, right? Not to say that, that Kovacic wasn't to blame because he lost the ball. But you don't play that pass if you're Jorginho. You find somebody else. You, 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 uh, you don't play that to your, your security blanket because that's what Kovacic is to Jorginho. 
And we all know Jorginho's downfall. And this is why he was so good in Champions League. Is the teams we played didn't put a physical midfielder to close him down. You put a physical midfielder on Jorginho to man-mark him, to rough him up, to get in his head. This is what he does. We've only seen it for two years now. When, when he has the space and the time, he's wonderful. But he's just not athletic or physical enough to withstand Premier League midfielders, especially, especially when a coach goes out and says, I don't care what you have to do, you shut him down. And that's what McGinn did. That's what, uh, was it, was it uh, Luis? It was the other one in the midfield today? Uh, Nakamba. It was Marvelous Nakamba. And that's what they did. Um, Kovacic has to do better. I give him a little bit of pass because he's been out. But, you know, he, I would love to say he's a box-to-box midfielder, but he's only a box midfielder. Because once he gets to the other box, he doesn't do very much. Um, it's just, and, and that's the other reason we're playing a back three, by the way, we don't have a holding midfielder that can, that can sit in there and, um, prevent them walking right down the middle of our, of our defense. So another reason we're playing a back three is because we, because of the midfield pivot, um, because you could get away with a, a, a Tiago and a Rudiger if you had a holding midfielder like a rise or who we're actually going to sign is uh two many. It's pretty much a done deal from what I've been told. So, or what I've read, I shouldn't say I was told because that, I'm not that important. <laughs> um, so it's you and many to sit there and play next to Angolo Conte. Yes, please. I'll have seconds or, or to play next to Kovacic because he's six, two and built like Reese James. Okay, yes, please. I'll have that. And he's going to cost, what, 30, maybe 40 million. So half of a Declan Rice. Um, we, we just miss that. We miss that physicality in that midfield pivot. And we don't have it if N'Golo Kante is not there. So, you know, my midfield pivot for the Champions League final has got to be Kovacic and Kante. It has to be those two playing because Kovacic can beat a press. And Conte will disrupt everything. And uh, you know, you can, you can, you can, you can say, well, you need Jorginho to, to be like a metronome. But do you really? When you have Tiago Silva, Tiago Silva is a better passer. I, it really for me than than Jorginho is. So why would you go to Tiago Silva to Jorginho when you know he's going to turn around and, and pass it to Kovacic? Take out the middle man. Just go Tiago Silva to, to Kovacic and let's go, and put in a uh, you know. It allows a, a faster build-up play, more attacking. You know uh, what Conte is going to bring. It's just, you know, it's the same old thing. You know, Jorginho's played well when he has time and space. When he doesn't, you can tell that he's not suited for the league. End of. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'll ask Marv this. Um, do you think that, the first part of two calls reign, um, the system, the way we're playing, do you think it's kind of hid Jorginho's faults and then obviously the last few games it's all starting to creep back in, which you can see it's not... Uh, unlike some Jorginho fans were saying to me the other day, oh, it's a blip, 
it's a blip game, but the blip has lasted three games now. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's Tuchel's system that is particularly Jorginho, but maybe Kovacic hiding their flaws? But it's I coming think it's back. More, I think it's more the style of play is similar to Sari's in the way of the ball. So I guess that they look better because they're bought for that type of way of play. But um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't really tell you why the play has been so bad in some games, so good in others. I always come back to the mentality thing. I think there's not enough balls uh, in the team. I think that's that's why the, the performance is looking different because when we played against Madrid and, and Atletico and Tottenham and Liverpool, like Jorginho and Kovacic were really good. So I think there's just a distinct lack of uh, balls to actually get it over the line. When the games become really important, they just seem to go into the shell and play shit again so i'm not sure if it was like a honeymoon period or something like that i mean although today's game is the type of football i expected us to get actually with him but um i mean the fact we've done so well i think it leads me more to think that it's more of a mentality issue than anything else yeah and i mean obviously we'll speak a little bit about too many um towards the end um but do you think it's time for Obviously, I'm, I'm not going to be biased and say one particular of two, but do you think it's time for one of Jorginho Kovacic to leave in the summer, just as I'll I let you answer first? Well, you know, my pick would be Jorginho. Uh, however, reports are we're not going to have any uh, big-name players leaving, which means when I say big-name players, I mean the, the, the players on the roster – that are actually playing for us, not those on loan. Um, that nobody's supposed to be leaving. If if I got a forty million pound bid for Jorginho, sell. Okay, Kovacic does bring something with his carrying the ball, um, and I think he is more suited for the Premier League than Jorginho, physical because of physicality. Uh, but if right bid came for him, I'd be a seller as well because he's never going to give you the end product. He's always going to be, he's always going to leave you wanting a little bit more. You know, it's just, why can't you shoot? Why can't you make, you know, fair play? He's made some, some uh, between the lines passes. We didn't see that today. I don't, you know, we didn't see much out of that midfield. But uh, the right bid comes in for either one of them. You have to sell them. Um, not that it's going to be a, a big seller's market. It's a buyer's market. So, um, yeah, I, I think we're just we're going to be stuck with with those two for for another season. Not that that it's a good thing, but uh, it is what it is. We have to live in real life. Uh, this is not FIFA. We can't sell the whole team. So, unfortunately. Yeah, Marv, what do you think? Well, on FIFA, it's also quite hard to ship out some of those players. I remember that being quite tough to do. Uh, no, I mean, I would sell either one of them if they if we made money on what we spent on them. But if not, I probably wouldn't because it wouldn't really gain us anything unless it was uh, to specifically get um, someone else in that position. Um, then I probably wouldn't be entertaining it as much. I think there are certain players that definitely do need to be sold. Um, that could fetch quite good money, but I'm not thinking about those two. I think we, we could deal with those being in the team for a season. I don't think they're going to damage too much. Um, and if they play bad, we just need to have options, and that's what we don't have too many options in that area at the moment. That's the only issue. So, you know, a big DM that can play the ball would be good. 
uh, there are some options there. If we get one of them, then sure, one of them can be sold, I guess. But we do, I think the option thing is the most important issue in that area. Yeah. I mean, by the sounds of it, that just sounded like Diego was saying sell Jorginho there. Yeah, he was. He's like, which means sell. Um, I mean, he, he watched the Leicester game and he wasn't happy. So, yeah. So he just told <laughs> <to get there. laughs> I mean, but maybe, maybe we should just hire Diego just to get these players out. Diego, well, definitely... do you want Jorginho out? Yes. Kepa? Yes. What do you think then? He's speechless. He's lost for words because he's just in such agreement. Yeah. I mean, Diego's word is final. Um, now we're going to move on, obviously, going from front to back. Um, in terms of defence, there is a bit of negatives and positives to talk about, um, which is which is nice. We don't like we don't like to be negative all the way through the pod. We like to sprinkle a bit of positivity when there is some, to, which we'll, there is. Um, but first of all, we'll go straight into the negatives, which is 88th minute. Um, Jack Grealish makes a pretty poor foul on Cesar Aspilicueta-Aral, club captain, club captain for what, three, four years now. And then what I call the the lack of mentality comes in and Aspilicueta decides to, while he's on the floor, strike Jack Grealish in the face, which we know Jack Grealish loves his theatrics, so he would scream on the floor for about five minutes and Azpilicueta rightly was sent off for his actions um Marv what did you think of Azpilicueta's well in the game probably an okay performance but up to that point but then ruins it by the red cards um I mean personally I think he should have like uh put a bit more power behind it and knocked the prick out um dirty diving and fouling from Grealish all game he deserved to get punched in the face um, I think they should have looked at the initial foul and sent both of them off. I mean, that was a pretty shocking tackle that just seemed to get ignored. Um, but yeah, obviously you can't swing out your fists and obviously poor decision from him. Average performance again. And as I've said for years, I don't think he's a worthy captain for the club. He's been a good player for the club, but oh, my son might disagree. But I, I don't think he's a captain material. I've always uh, advocated Rudiger as, as the 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 rightful captain since we kind of last couple of seasons I feel like he's more of the kind of mental leader of the team um, but hopefully we're going to see a change in that area soon as well yeah I mean just as uh, I just want to ask obviously your opinion on it and then I just want to add on obviously in terms of the captain the captain of the team is the guy that is the reputation and uh is the rep yeah the representation of the foot of the club and the rest of the players on the pitch do you think that that incident and that lack of mentality just shows and breathes throughout the rest of the squad in terms of when times get tough we do stupid shit like that yes and no because they're all professionals if you have to look at somebody to get your mentality straight then you need to look at yourself as a professional footballer okay They've all been playing this this game for a lot of years. And if you can't de- develop s- some cojones in the big situations, then you need to look at yourself. With that said, Dave is not our captain. Cannot be our captain going forward. Because if we talk about mentality and this 
it's been this mentality under the last three managers, and he's been captain under the last three managers, then the blame has to fall somewhat with him because he's supposed to be your on-field general. I'm sorry. If I had to pick one person to, to, to have my back in a fight, it's Antonio Rudiger. If I had one person that whose experience I would follow, it would be Tiago Silva. I don't care if he's it's his first year. It's Tiago freaking Silva, man. Okay? He's a legend. You give him the armband and tell Dave to go sit on the pine. Because whereas I thought he had an actually pretty good game if Mount could actually play him incorrectly, you can't do that as a captain. Yes, that should have been Grealish's second yellow, and he should have been sent off with a red. I don't understand why Jack Grealish does not, did not have at least two, at least one yellow already in that match, because he should have had it with a couple of tackles in the first half. I, you know, I just I'm not having this favoritism, but it's English referees, so we all know how that rolls. Um, but. Again, you're the captain. You cannot do that. So you've got to strip him of the captaincy. You know, if I'm Tuchel, I'm not playing him in the Champions League final. Period. I'll put Christensen at, at right center back and put Reese James back at, at wing back. At least we'll have a, 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 some more pace on that side. But you do that out of frustration of whatever. I don't care. You you got to be gone. You cannot. You, you know his legs are already gone. He's. It's just enough is enough. You know sometimes they, even even a good racehorse you have to put him out to pasture after a while, right? He's run his race for us. He does not instill that fear. You know if you see Rudiger with with the armband, you know what's coming. Now, he might get a red card for knocking somebody out, but he's going to knock that person out. He's not going to tap him in the face, right? And don't say it was an accident. He meant to do it. He, you know, he hit him directly in the face, so he meant to do it. So you just can't, you can't do that. You're, what you're saying is it's all right to lose your head in the big moment. And if that's the message you're sending as a captain, you need to get out. Yeah, I mean... You kind of sum what I was going to say next uh, perfectly. I mean, for me, I have been questioning the captaincy of Aspilicueta. Well, I mean, at the beginning, I had I had skepticisms, but I kind of understood it a little bit. Um, and I thought, give it a go, see how it goes. Um, but since the Carabao Cup final against Manchester City, when Kepa decided he wanted to be, wanted to become manager. For a five-minute period, and as Pilaquesa didn't have the authority or the passion to go and tell him to get off the pitch, that's where I started. I started losing big faith in Aspilicueta. And looking at the FA Cup, looking at just a couple of points this season, and then this very pathetic incident right now, for me, I think it is time. At the end of the season, Tuchel goes into brings Aspie into the room and says, you, we're going to have to give the captain's armband to Thiago Silva. Um, and you're... Unfortunately, I, I just... It's not, it's not even just 
the fact that of the men- the whole mentality part of it and the the fact that he he's not good enough to be a captain. But he's not at the moment. I don't think he's good enough to be in the starting eleven week in week out. And especially if we go back to back four, I don't see him playing at right back. Um, so the week in week out, I see that just being James's position. So I don't. I think at that point you like you can't really have him as a club captain anyway because he's not going to play most of the time. So I think give it to Thiago Silva, let him have it for the last year because I think to, uh, next year will be Thiago's probably last year, and then hand it over to Rudiger the year after. Um, I think that for us will be the best possible option, um, and it's no, it's no um, sour sourness to Aspilicueta's. He's had a very good um, career with Chelsea. Um, he's put in some good moments. He's always t- he's always tried his best to turn up, um, but unfortunately, I just think the legs starting to run out, and I think it is time for us to start phasing him out. And then I think, again, I think with Thiago Silva, I think it will be Aspilicueta's last season at Chelsea, whether he moves on somewhere else or if he takes an early retirement, whatever he decides to do. I think I think that is the option um, going forward. Um, do you guys agree? Yeah, totally agree. Um, I think it's probably going to... I mean, for, as a squad player, I think he adds a lot because he can really push the rest of the team. So I still think he might have one or two years left in him. But he's... Um, I mean, I think for the money, we cannot complain. He's been a fantastic servant for the club. I've never rated him like other people do, though. I, I mean, he's quite rash. He's, he gets turned inside out too much for me. But he has been a good player for this club. Very good player. I mean, he's cost quite a few things. I mean, we, we lost the league with, with his foul on Altidore. I was right in front of that. Um, but in general, we've won some things. He's been good. And for the price, you cannot complain. He's been well worth the money. And, and respect to him. I just don't feel like he's a captain for us, really. I don't think he should be. And just as you agree? 100%. Perfect. Um, so we'll move on to a bit more of a positive uh, aspect of the game. Um, for me, my man in the match, and that was before he got the goal, uh, Ben Chilwell. Um, what what strikes to me is a kind of, well, not I suppose a happiness in a way, is that both games where... Chelsea seem to lack mentality, lack fight, lack all of the positives in a footballer, in a top team. I feel Chilwell has been the one person that when other players have not been stepping up in the last two games, the FA Cup final and today, that he did step up. And again, obviously, FA Cup, he got his goal whether you think it was offside or not, I think he was. I personally think it was onside. Um, but this time he has got his goal, and obviously it didn't mean so much in terms of the game. Um, but what did you think, Jester's of Chilwell's performance? Did you think it was man of the match today? Oh, if it, if, if he's not man of the match, I don't know who is. Um, it, it's it's mo- one of the most obvious men of the matches we've had. I mean, um, and. If we if we can roll this back to the beginning of the season, everybody was like, "We need a new left back," and there was like, "Oh, Regulon and Telus and and whoever else it was," and it was like, "Oh, Chilwell's too expensive." Well, Telus has done nothing in the Premier League with United, 
And Regulon, I mean, he scored the own goal of the century. I'll give him that. But he's horrible on defense. So we made the right decision. And I saw a stat that Chilwa has eight goal, goal, eight goals and assists. I think it's three goals and five assists, which is tied for with uh, Trent as the most from a left back this year. So he's and he's better than Trent on defense. Of course, I'm better than Trent on defense. He's like an apron, open in the back all the time. So we have our the best. Uh, left back in the league. I don't want to hear Luke Shaw. Get that out of here. That man's one hamburger away from a he heart attack. So, he is shit. So, yeah. um, that's great. He, you know, everybody was hating on him. So at least he has some validation uh, of doing the right thing. And he's always he's only going to get better by playing with these these same players again. That's that's the one thing we're missing. We always look a step off, but uh, at least we may, we'll we'll have some semblance of a, a preseason this next year. Uh, even though we had the Euros, um, and hope God God help us if anybody gets hurt during the Euros, please no. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I I think that it's a relief to, on his shoulders that. He's contributing. He's a meaningful player for this team. He had, you know, he he has to justify the cost, even though he wasn't involved in what was paid paid for him. Players always think, "Oh, I got to live up to that." And I think he's done enough to say, "Hey, we made the right call. He was worth the money. Best left back in the league. Actually, we had the best left back and right back in the league. Best pairing there. And they're young going forward. And so going forward, we're set." at those positions. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on Chilwell. Yeah, and, and Marv, obviously, I know at the beginning of the season, you were probably, I think he was one of them fans that was looking at the likes of Tellez and um, Regulon, if I was, if am I correct? Yeah, yeah so, I liked, I liked Sergio Regulon. I still think he's quite a good player, to be honest. I don't. I think, yeah, he's got an own goal, but I still think he has quite a lot of dynamism going forward. I think he still would have been quite good in this system. Um, so I don't think like him scoring a goal and posting that idiotic thing when we got that draw uh, takes too much away from the fact he's still a good player. But uh, yeah, definitely got it wrong on Telles. My God, he is shit. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I guess one thing when, when we look, I'm not very good at analysing left-backs. Um, but then I was pro Chilwell. If you remember after the FA Cup game where we beat Leicester last season, I felt like he was his, their, their best player and he was just rapid down the lines. So I thought he could have been a good player for us, but started off quite well, actually, didn't he? he? scored a couple of goals. And then after the Everton game, I think, was the worst performance of the season um, for, from him. It was absolutely horrendous. And then picks it back up and Hugo got his position back. So, yeah, he's done really, really well. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, do, I do agree with... Um, Marv a little bit. I do think Regulon, he has not been, I don't think he's hit the heights that people expect him to be and I do think Chilwell is better, a better player than him. I, d- I do think if he wasn't in a Tottenham team and he was in a better team, I think he'd look a little bit better. Um, but as I said, I think we've made the right option with Ben Chilwell. I was pro Chilwell but just get the price down, which we did. Um, and I think Despite 
you got a lot of people that hated him before he even put on a shirt. I think he has been the third best, arguably the third best signing behind Edouard Mendy and Thiago Silva. Um, he's been much better than the uh, 72 million Kai Havertz, the 50 million Timo Werner, um, and the supposedly experienced uh, Hakim Ziyech, um, who uh, everyone was raving about in the summer, but yet Chilwell was going to be the flop of the season. Um, so I'm, I'll give him credit for that. I think he's been part of a good few players that we've signed, but and luck, thankfully, he's not part of that terrible core that we didn't haven't played too well at the moment this year. Um, now, next topic I want to speak about. Um, it's a bit of a different one. We're not too much focusing on the game itself, but our fans on particularly Twitter, I, I, I think it is less so much in real life, but a lot on Twitter, have our standards dropped. We saw today, obviously, Tottenham ended up beating Leicester 4-2. That ended up, in the end, despite us losing, it gave us the um, gave us top four. But people chanting for Spurs, people um, putting photos up of Chelsea Spurs and uh, a couple other people just giving Tottenham credit and it was almost like we were having to rely we, we did in the end we relied on Tottenham um, have our have our gestures has our uh, has our standards dropped as fans well I'll take it a step further um, you have fans saying we're going to lose because they think that by saying that they somehow will make us win um, I, I I don't understand how you can be a Chelsea fan and say, oh, no, we're not going to win that. For me, I still think we're going to batter City in the final because I'm a Chelsea fan, and that's what I'm supposed to think, right? This mentality of, oh, we're going to lose. Oh, oh, no. And the other thing thing I'd like to say on that point is it's funny. You know, when people have too much to drink, and they say something, they go, oh, they just had too much to drink. No. Drinking just shuts off the filter that's between your brain and your mouth. So that's actually what they really think. You know? And when we lose, you see the same thing from our fans. That's what they really think. The win, you know, the, lo- the losing is like being, being inebriated. Right? That filter goes away, and you can actually really get the truth from people. Right? So, you know, everybody splits in their camps for agendas. Uh, people go on and say, oh, we, we, I told you we weren't going to win. It's, you know, we, it's because so-and-so said we were going to win. Well, that's never happened in, 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 in all of history that by somebody that has no affiliation with the club saying we're going to win made us lose. It, you know, I, I, I put, you know, I was wearing my kit, my way kit today. And every time I wear a kit, we play horribly. And I was like, I can't wear that kit for, for the UCL final. I'm not wearing any kit because, you know, maybe it seems like I'm jinxing. And that's, that's just some banter. I, I don't really think that. But it's just, like I said, a loss will show people who, for who they really are. And if you're out there praising Spurs for winning that game, 
I have to I have to question your mentality to a point because we didn't we don't we don't deserve top four by the way we've played these last few games, including the FA Cup, though even the win against Leicester, we should have battered them. We lost the Arsenal game. It's just we don't deserve it. We you know, we won by default, just kind of like I said, Mount went one player of the year by default. We got fourth by default. We were the less lesser of the bottlers, you know. That that's not any way to get into a top four. Am I grateful? Yes. Will I take it? Yes. Am I happy about it? Hell no. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of I agree with a lot uh, everything of what you're saying. I mean, I was on Steak's stream and he asked me he asked me the question first, and I was like, at first I was like I was kind of just going to go, oh, well, it is what it is. But then I was like, no, no, fuck Tottenham. Because it's Tottenham. I'm not going to give Tottenham any sense of praise whatsoever. The fact is, the reason we want, the reason we're in top four is not because Tottenham. It's because we come second in the bottling race to Leicester. That's just the, the fact of it. Um, and there was a, a, one, of, one of our fans I talked uh, talk to a lot on Twitter... He's a good viewer of Steak's channel and he listens to the podcast quite a lot, Dex. Um, he, he kept saying uh, in the comments, he was like, oh, Matt, you should be happy. We've got top four. Um, but I, I, I said to him, I was like, yes, we've got top four, which for me is going to a different topic. That's the bare minimum of a season anyway. Um, but it's not the fact I, I'm not just because we got top four doesn't mean I have to be happy. We lost the match, and I've seen these constant similarities that most players in this team are simply not good enough and fit enough to wear the shirt. So I'm still going to, despite us getting top four, make these comments because I'm looking to the future. We have, as you've, as Jess has kindly said, we've scraped top four, not just this season, last season, arguably the season before. Um, and yeah, we, we, we struggled a lot. Um, so it's just one of them things that I said to him, was like, we need to look at the bigger picture because we might have scraped top four this season. But what if we don't get top four next season? Because if we don't change the fundamental problems in this team, I guarantee that will happen. Um, and fair play to him. He did, he did, uh, kind of agree to a point. So, but I think that's, that's kind of something else that is just, it frustrates me. And that, that's what we need to look at. We need to, Fans need to look at the bigger picture and not just look at, we got top four, it's all handy dandy, fine. Yes, okay, we got top four, but we still got a lot of problems to fix. Um, Marv, what did you think? Do you think our standards are dropping in fans? I think they've, they've fallen off a cliff, to be honest. I think um, people celebrating coming fourth is ridiculous. Um, not winning this other two years is also pretty shit. And it seems... Yeah, I definitely think the, the standards have dropped, which is really bad. I, but they, they, some, some fans were kind of like that even when we were winners. Like, oh, yeah, I don't mind having a transit. Fuck off. You don't speak for all of us. You know, like, uh, transition seasons are just excuses for failure. And uh, they need to be a lot better. The, the, the standards need to raise as well. Um, and it's the same. I see people, like, asking for bloody wank players like NDD and, and Lukaku. And maybe Lukaku's okay. But uh, in this sense, people just 
aiming and saying, oh, you've got to be realistic. No, no, you do not have to be realistic. Nothing that ever was created was realistic when it first, you know, were first conceived. So, yeah, the standards are, are poor in the fan base, really poor. They need to start waking up and stop being beta males, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, beta males, that, that, that kind of does sum it up quite well, uh, actually. We've got, there's a many Twitter people that I, I could name that are definitely beta males. And uh, they're definitely, if they've got a girlfriend, they definitely don't like the trousers. Definitely not. Um, but obviously, Marv, do you have to go now or are you... No, I can stay for about four minutes more. Okay, so we'll quickly... I'll just get your opinion on, obviously, transfers. A uh, little bit of transfer story uh, going on. Last week, we've had a lot of quite solid rumours from a lot of some journalists and a Twitter account that gets a lot of stuff right and a lot of stuff right before many people do. Um, a plan that is around Aurelian Tutuemi. I'm going <laughs> to completely... Butcher the name for the whole next season if he does sign. Um, but Marv, what do you think of the player? Do you, th- do you think he's the perfect fit? And do you think we should go for him instead of Rice? Because that's the big topic alignment. Oh, big, big. Well, it depends how much Declan Rice is going to cost, isn't it? But Dutrameni looks pretty good. Uh, I watched a couple of games with him more recently, and I think he's, um, I think he's quite a good player and does suit what we're trying to do. Um, I think the priority needs to be the striker, so maybe spending that money on Rice is not the priority. I think that needs to be considered because, um, I th- you know, striker needs to be number one. They are, all that other stuff needs to be on the back foot. Uh, yeah, maybe that Shemeni guy is going to be good. Um, I mean, he does. So we need competition. We need somebody who can win the ball, somebody who can also pass the ball. We can do all of that. So, yeah, possibly it's a good signing. Yeah. Um, and uh, do you wanna, are you okay to stay on or are you going to go yeah. now? Yeah, I can stay for a few minutes, yeah. Okay, so we'll just quickly before we all hand on over to Jester's, what is your prediction for Champions League final? Is Marvel? he here? Oh, I was oh, asking that... you. Oh, Champions... oh Chelsea going to win 3-0. 3-0? Gonna I mean, limb from limb. I, I, I really hope that that is true. Um Obviously, they'll be me and Sadiq are trying to sort out something uh, for the Champions League final on his channel, but we don't know exactly what we're going to do for it yet. But I really hope that whatever we're doing, we'll be able to celebrate a three-nil win. Um, it was a good, nice. That was actually quite a nice prediction. Um, so, Jester's just going back on to the two Jeremy rumours. Um, what is your opinion on the player? Okay, say it with me, Matt. Aurelian. Aurelian, Aurelian, chew, mini, chew mini, yes, like like Chewy from Star Wars. Yeah, that yeah. If if you saw the some of the one of the comments I made with on on one of Sadiq's videos, you know, if if you have uh, Conte and and Chewamini, it'll be Chewy and the Hulk. Uh, by by the way, his nickname in France is the Beast. So if you had Kova. And show many in the pivot. It would be Beauty and the Beast because they say that Kovac dribbling is beautiful. And of course, if you had Jorginho and show many in the pivot, it would be the Beast and the slow white guy. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> that, you know. Um, when I saw him play, he was playing more of a box-to-box role, which he can play a DM or a CM. Uh, but he is just, first of all, he don't worry about physicality. He's got that in spades. He's he's a big dude. 
Uh, so he he's not going to have it too physical for me type thing. I think he's what six two, and he looks like Reese James at six two. So, uh, yeah, don't don't worry about that. Um, of course, he's going to have to get up to the pace of the Premier League because it's going to be faster. Um, go yeah, go ahead, Marv. Say your say your goodbyes, and I can finish up. I'm waffling anyway. Okay. Jess, this is kind of real nice, right? <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll continue. Still, sorry, sorry, repeat the question. Sorry, I'm, I'm here. I, I was going to say, go ahead and say your goodbyes, and, and I'll finish my point. Yeah, if you need oh, to okay. go. Well, it's been great to speak to you guys. Amazing, as always. And, yeah, let's get that Champions League wrapped up. Yes, well, hopefully we can get that Champions League wrapped up and then we can come back on the pod and we all celebrate it together. That sounds perfect to me, my man. Enjoy, guys. Catch you guys later. Catch you later. All right, see you later. So, Jesters, as you were saying. So, yeah, on, on too many, he, you know, he does uh, tick those boxes that we want. Uh, he can be a holding DM. Of course, Tuchel has, he saw him last year as PSG manager. So obviously, yeah, if that's somebody with that, from what we've read, you and me both from the same Twitter account, it's a done deal. They're just waiting for the end of the season to announce it. So, you know, for all intents and pur- purposes, it's done. Um, so Tuchel has has to have to has to have given the thumbs up on it. So, you know, he's on board, that, which is great to see. And you know, if he's going to be half of of Declan Rice. That's 40 mil you can spend on other places. And let's get it right. We need, we need a new left back to back up Chilwell because I, be, I believe both Emerson and Alonso are both gone in the summer. I know Emerson is, and I think Alonso is well. Um, so you could, you could use that to bring in Van Arnholt on a free and have that as your, as him as your backup. You know, he's 30. He'll take a backup role at Chelsea, and he's on a free. And and he was uh, he was a Cobham he was a Cobham so that will check that will impress the youth FC. Yeah, it will, and and uh, I think that would be a a good backup option. And so then you have to look at what do you need in attack. And again, I don't I'm not worried about the creativity because we make chances. We had all sorts of chances today. We just don't put them to bed. So if it's you know. Holland is not going to happen, so let's just put that away. So you're looking at, uh, basically, it's down to Kane and, and Lukaku. Because another shout for Lewandowski, or Lewandowski, because it's W is a V in, in, in German, or in, even in Polish. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't, you know, as, as, as perturbed as he is uh, by the possibility of Holland replacing him, I don't think he walks away from Bayern at this point. And I think if he does walk away, I, I see him just going straight to PSG. As, as, yeah, that's very possible because it's, you know, on the downside of your career, do you want to go to the most physical, most demanding league in, in, in all of football? No. Um, so again, it looks like Lukaku or Kane. And yes, Kane would be my preference. And I would go all out, you know. Um, I would I would offer Tammy, K- 
Keppa because they're moving on Loris possibly. He might not sign. He might be the one going into PSG to replace uh, oh, what's his name? The Navas. keeper at PSG. Huh? Was it Navas or Yeah, Kaylor Navas. So it might be Loris going back home. Um so they need a, a keeper. Uh but again I don't think they would take Keppa. So for me, I would offer Tammy and Callum plus cash for Harry Kane. Because those are two players, first of all, English. So you could sell those to, to their fan base as upcoming English talent, uh, especially with Callum as the kicker in that project. Because we, we really don't need them if you're not going to sell one of Ziyech, Pulisic, or Havertz or Werner in the summer, and you're bringing in a striker. He's not going to get the game time. He's 20. If he's not going to get the game time now at Chelsea, his, his Chelsea career is done. It's just simple as. Um, and unfortunately, it was because of an injury, just like Ruben. Um, and that's unfortunate, but you can't turn back time and, and change those things. So, yeah, I would go out for Kane. And if you can't get Kane, you better bring Lukaku in because at least he's going to score some goals for you. And exact, that's exactly what we need. And it puts Werner in his favorite position playing off a number nine, not being a number nine. Um, so, yeah, that has to be done. And, and as far as center backs, I don't think we need a center back because we have a young man playing at Swansea by the name of Mark Gway or Gurhi or however you want to say it. He's the way. He's, he's you know, everybody's calling for Tamori to come back. But I'm sorry. Have you has anybody watched his last two games at Swansea? Absolute beast mode, man. He's the future. There's no reason to bring in another center back if you've got somebody like that waiting in the wings. Just just give him another year on loan. Keep what you have. Bring in the DM. Bring in the striker. Bring in maybe another CM. But you, of course, you got to bring in a left back and call it a summer. Because you haven't integrated the pieces you bought last summer. So don't bring in four or five more. You know, two or three. That's all we need. And, and we'll be good going forward. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think... Looking, obviously, I'll, I was listening to George Benson's interview with the one and only Fabrizio Romano, obviously. Um, and he did say that Chelsea, they probably will spend after they sell players um, roughly about the same money that they spent last season, but it will be on a lot less players. And I think he quoted two or three. Um, so for me, I think the way this transfer window is going to go is you're going to have an early boom of transfers before the Euros. Everything will go completely dead during the Euros, and then you'll have the the remaining time after the Euros to finalise any deals that you've got. For me, I think, as you said, and as some particular good sources have said, I think the Germany deal is basically done. That will be the deal that Chelsea will announce before the Euros. Um, I think, as far as I knew from the sources, the only thing that they're concer concerned and wanted to make sure that was he would not uh, play for Cameroon, he'd play for France instead, which I think would be due to 
they don't want to have too many players go into the AFCON every year, um, which, yeah, is, I, fair, I which is which pl- is completely fair enough because uh, they're already losing the goalkeeper, which is I think a player that uh, of somewhere that we someone that we need to sign in, in the in the summer. Um, but yeah, so I think that can get done, and I think that'll be the centre mid position done. I think as Marv said about Declan, I'd like Declan Rice, but Declan Rice is going to cost at least eighty million, and this is. This 80 million was quoted at the beginning of the season. This is not after the good season that he's had this season. I could argue right. that with West Ham being in the Europa League, they've got extra money that are coming from that. They don't need to sell De- Declan Rice, really. And that, that price could easily go up rather than down. Oh, uh, I, I fully agree on that. So I, I think for me, Declan Rice is dead in the water. And I think Declan Rice will go to Manchester United next summer because they will need a DM desperately, and that will be their big money signing that they get to try and salvage their, their, their team, as they usually do. Um, but I, I think the thing, I won't go into too much detail, because I am currently writing an article about Giovanni, so I don't want to spoil too much about that, uh, keeping the content going. Um, but I, I do think he's a, a very good buy, half the price, and it gives us that money to spend on our let's let's face it i think it'll be a either a harry kane on its own or a lukaku and sancho combination um i have a question on sancho um actually a couple things um did dortmund say they want the sancho deal done before the euros uh i know dortmund are kind of funny they like to have their deadlines i think they i think if that i think from what i've heard they do want to have that deal done, and then, um, so they can get their replacement in and that and get sorted. Um, but you know, you know what? Because obviously, at the moment, the the rumours on it is United are front runners to a point. But then there are other sources that said Chelsea have have been the only club to make a substantial bid for Jadon Sancho so far. And, and um, on that topic, uh, you did. I don't. I'm trying to see, remember who I saw it, but I saw it on Twitter that United is or uh, may might be in for uh, Coleman Kingsley Coleman from because he's not signing a new contract at uh, at at Bayern. Yeah, so, I mean, so I, I, there's, there's a lot of different uh, rumors that are coming out about the Sancho thing. One minute he's definitely going to United the next minute no United are going after someone else I think it'll be the typical thing of United will do what United do best and stall the deal um I don't think he'll go before the Euros because I think Chelsea will be looking for their striker option and as I said I think their striker option depending on what one they get um will depend on which which whether they'll get Sancho or not. I think they'll look at the Harry Kane situation, which that'll be a situation that goes to the end of the summer. Um, they'll look at the Lukaku situation and particularly more likely the Conte situation. I think if Conte leaves, which all the rumours are still saying that he might leave, then I see Chelsea maybe taking, thinking smartly, going in for Lukaku straight away getting that deal done as soon as possible and then trying to get the front line for the Sancho before and sniff him before United. But obviously, yeah, 
that'll we don't be know when that's gonna happen yeah i think it's all it's all a game at the moment with the sancho lukaku all the striker situation it's all a game of poker at the moment between all the players or between all the teams and it'll be a poker game that will go on for quite a while so we'll have to wait and see um in terms of left back i don't think so yeah i i, I think while as and fabrizio Mar just say this while we're looking to sell both left backs i just don't think we will sell both I think one one of them will go, but the other one the other one will stay at least for one more season. Because um, I think what the what is striking me when I look at the rumours that are coming out, it's the same teams wanting the same two both left backs. So I feel like one of them left backs will go, and the other one will just be stuck here a little bit. Which I think will probably be Alonso that stays, and Emerson goes because Emerson is getting next to nothing in terms of game time um, and then I think it'll be the point where Alonso goes the following season and then there's more of an opportunity to get a left back, get a right back and get maybe a centre back um, and then in terms of goalkeeper I do think we will if we do make a fourth signing we will mo- we'll make a goalkeeper signing obviously if Kepa does go um, there's talks that Lazio are looking at option for Kepa because they're looking to get a new goalkeeper in. Um, from what I've heard, though, they they don't particularly want him on loan because they don't like dealing with loan players. Um, so it will depend on where it might be if one of them think where it's a loan to with an option to buy or they do get him for a cut price. But we'll have to see what Chelsea's cut price is. Um, but you know, Marina doesn't like to sell cut prices, so we'll have to wait and see on that. But one player, well, just for, I, yeah, just for Sadiq on on Kepa, this is just for you, Sadiq. Um, if they offer a nice chicken parm, I, you know, you just give Kepa to Lazio for a nice chicken parm. Oh, I do, I do, I do love a chicken parm. To be fair, so that would be a quite a good offer. Um. Sorry but, to cut you off. I didn't mean to. That's fine. But um, obviously, because we do need, realistically, we do need a fairly decent, a, a good backup. Because I know people are like, oh, we don't want the cupkeeper. But we are going to lose Mendy for AFCON for four to six weeks. Which, in the January tra- in the January period, that could be quite important. Um, if, right. if you're going for the title or if you're going, if we are still lingering in a top four race, which God hope we're not. Um, so we do need a goalkeeper and for me I think a very good option that Chelsea could get is um, Alfonso Ariola from well I think he's back at, he's, will be back at PSG um, yes because obviously he had, he's had a really good loan spell at Fulham I think he's played really well in the Premier League he has actually bought a house in London so he's not, not exactly doesn't actually have to move anywhere um I don't think PSG will... I think, despite how good he's played, I don't think, as you said, I think they'll bring someone like Lloris in. I don't think Alfonso Ariola is going to get the game time, so I think they'll be looking, possibly, at a lone move. And I think that could be a that could be something Chelsea could take advantage on. I'd, I, I would happily have Ariola coming in on loan. He knows he's going to get a decent amount of game time when Mendy goes to AFCON. Um... He, will, I imagine he would also Chelsea like to play cup goalkeeper, so I imagine he would play in the FA Cup 
the Carabao Cup, maybe some of the Champions League group stages, which I think I don't think he'd mind. I don't think he'd mind being at a Champions League club, playing more football than I think he'd get at PSG. Maybe they do slap a option to buy at the end of it, and then maybe we just look at it and take it because I think he's not a bad goalkeeper. Um, he'd be a decent backup and. It would be one of them moves where, again, we save a bit of money to go for the striker. Do you, do you want think? to know what it, who his agent is? God, who's his agent? Who, who do you not want it to be? Oh, I don't want it to be Mino. Is, is it Mino Riola? <laughs> yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh. He's only worth 13.5. Uh, is, is his market value is 13.5 mil. Great call. I thought he was the one that was going to come to Chelsea this year. Because we heard that rumors of buying a house in London, so I thought it would be him coming to Chelsea, not Mendy. Um, so yeah, I I would definitely, definitely, definitely take Ariola as a backup keeper. Um, do we do we not think that the, the Donnarumma links are anything sub- substantial, or has Mendy played well enough to think that he's going to be our starter going forward? Um. Well, I, I, I think for the Donnarumma rumours, I think there's still the talks of the contract. Um, obviously, that, that, that could be another option, um, alternatively to Ariola. Um, but again, it's going to be something that we'll have to wait till we sign the contract. If he signs the contract, then I, don't, I think that, that deal would be dead in the water. Um, if he doesn't, then again, I think that's something Chelsea may swoop in for on the free contract. But again, that's dealing with Mina Riola again. So... Well, we might have to do a few dealings of Mina Riola this summer. So because, but Lukaku's not. No, he's not. Not anymore. He used to. Mina. Used to be, but not anymore. Yeah. Thankfully. But Donnarumma is as well as a yeah. as a Mino client. So, you, you know, you have to dance with the devil at some point. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, the way it's going, there's too many players that are linked to Mina Riola, and I don't blame them because they get a lot of money from him. Right. But yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting window. Obviously, we'll in the summer when there's a bit more news going about. I'm sure we'll have a number of pods dedicated to a lot of transfer gossip, our dream summer windows, etc. And we'll, we'll have some fun for that. Um, obviously, looking at the Champions League final, um, you said for, you said three nil as well, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I did. I did uh, on a on a. Uh, a stream i know uh, at least a youtube stream of that i can't remember whose but yeah that's my standard three nil i'm gonna go with marv um it's gonna be a different game um depending on how pep uh pep approaches it does he go to the back three like he's saying other teams have success against us you know because he he's known to overthink things or does he stay with the back four and play a high line? If he does play, if he stays with the back four, plays a high line, I think we can find some joy on offense. I really do, um, because they're not going to sit back in a, in a low block. I, you know, and if they play a back three, it'll be to match us up, player for player. And as long as as uh, Conte and Kovacic start in the pivot, you're not going to look at uh, cheap giveaways. Um, and I would take us playing a back three against them playing a back three because, of course, we play it all the time, and they don't. Um, I, I, again, I just 
I think to have as stupid as it sounds, we match up better against somebody like City, who play an expansive game, than we do against somebody who's going to sit in, like Villa, or like Arsenal did, or like Leicester did, or Wolves, or anybody else that's played a back three and sat in, or or you know, uh, play a back six, you know, a traditional back four with a double pivot that sit. So yeah, I think it's we'll have more joy against uh, City. It was just a matter of putting the, the chances away. What about you? What do you, what do you have for the final? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat the exact same prediction that I've uh, did on Sadiq's channel, and I'm gonna go through basically what's gonna go through in the game. Uh, so it's gonna be a tight game, uh, and I do think Manchester City are gonna score first through Sergio Aguero. Um, just to play on the story a little bit. Um, that will be in extra time because we'll finish nil-nil in 90 minutes. Um, and then just before, just when we think the game's over, we've lost it, um, our number nine for the night, Kai Havertz, there's going to be a corner and he's going to head it into the near post, um, just like a certain striker did in 2012. Um we're going to go through to penalties. Uh, we've hit 1-1. One, one. Uh, we're going to go through, and that same number nine in Kai Havertz is going to take the fourth penalty, and he's going to slot it home to win the UEFA Champions League on penalties, just like 2012. You know what? Um, that, that's a great shout, because I'm really confident, because City missed a lot of penalties. I mean, they've missed a lot of penalties this year. So... That is a good shout. Um, now, for that, do we do we change our prediction if it's Keppa over Mendy because Mendy's injured? I mean, I, I, I it does worry me if Keppa's in goal because I can just it just it for me it just screams De Bruyne. every man De Bruyne long shots, Gundogan long shots, um, but I, I I'm not going to change it because I, I I don't know. I mean, as I said to Sadiq's channel, I was like, "Why don't we just bring the pen? If 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 Kepa, if Kepa's, if we don't want Kepa to play and Mendy's injured, why don't we bring the penalty king out against his old club?" Yeah, we could do that. Although I wouldn't, you know, with with no with with no game time, that probably would. But the that wouldn't be a very good situation. But the shout is, do you save the fifth sub because there will be five subs in this match? Exactly. Am I correct? Yep. Would you say that fifth sub, if Mindy's starting, and we're going to go to pens for 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 Keppa? Because well, I don't think Cavalero is going to be on the bench. Ah, uh, depends. If if Mendy's injured and it's Keppa on the field, do you do the same for Cavalero for the penalties? Because Cavalero has been, especially in his Man City days and a little bit in his Chelsea days, he has been a good. He is a good penalty goalkeeper. Yeah. I... I don't think Kepa's bad at it by any uh, of our three pe- if of our three keepers uh disregarding you know, the Palen- <laughs> you know disregarding Aguero's mistake uh I think Mendy is probably the poorest of the three keepers yeah, I, 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 bad, if I'm but... honest I don't I don't think any I don't think either Kepa or Mendy are good or bad at penalties okay um, I don't see too much different. I mean, I, I probably I could argue, yeah, Kepa's probably edges it on um, 
Eddie Mendy, but um, I, I, don't, I don't think for me there's too much difference between the two. But um, yeah, it would be quite funny and quite poetic if Cavallero did come on for the penalties and wins it against his old club. Yeah, that that is shout. But what if Keppa has to start and we win in regular time, and Keppa is our goalkeeper when we lift the Champions League trophy? Oh, oh the banter, the banter that would happen across because Keppa would have a Europa League and a Champions League, right? And he, he would be. Where would he? Where would, where would that put him? As far as I mean, Chelsea great keepers. I mean, I. I You've got to say, especially if he does something, does decent saves in that match. He thought about, he, should, he did have to become a cult hero, no matter how bad he's played in the rest of it. Right. Because he's at the end of the day, he's won the biggest trophy on the planet. Right. Well, the World Cup, obviously. Oh. Do you live with yourself? <laughs> I mean, that would be one of those things you're like, oi, yeah, I mean, we won, but oi. I mean, I, I would, I would just, I would just put the the point out that Kepa has won more European trophies than Arsenal Football Club, and that will just sum it up for me. <laughs> or Tottenham. Yeah, you would, you would, you wouldn't get any of this Kepa seventy-two million nonsense anymore because you just throw the European trophy at it. Right, because you could say he won Champions League and a Europa League. That's worth seventy-two million. Exactly. I mean, I'd, I'd pay. Fair him. play. Fair I play. Mean, yeah, I mean, in terms, it, it'd be good banter-wise, but oh, I mean, I, I'd argue as well. It'd be great for his price. Oh, definitely so. If, especially if he come up with a couple of decent, really nice saves. I mean, yeah, who doesn't want a Champions League winning goalkeeper? That's what I was. Um, someone was saying in the comments about, um, oh, if we win the Champions League, we shouldn't make a clear out on the squad. I was like, well, no. We should, because what it means is actually that them players add a lot of value. The likes of Jorginho will be, you'll be able to get a good price for him. The likes of Kepa, you'll be able to get a better price for him. Alonso, maybe not Emerson, because Emerson won't play, but you, you'll get better prices for generally all the players that we have. That If Kurt Zuma plays, which I doubt he will, but any of them players that play, their prices will skyrocket a little bit. And that is the opportunity to then go, Price the sell button. Um, yeah. Which. Although I hope Alonso does not play. Yeah, I'm. I, I, I'm on that same. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I, th- I, no, I don't think he will play unless Chilwell some somehow breaks leg or does anything stupid in training and gets injured. Right. So Kante is supposed to be back by Wednesday, according to Tuchel, which is great. Yeah, I think Kante. Kante will be back. Obviously, Christensen was back in the squad today. Um, who else was injured as well? Havertz was back Havertz. inside. So yeah, yeah, I think I think they all three of them will probably start. Um, you so do. It is, it is just looking at Mendy now. So do you think? So what is the what is? I guess we do. You have time to go over the lineup real quick. Yeah, we can go. We can go over the lineup quickly. Um, what, what do you think? Well, if Mendy's fit, he's the goalkeeper. Agree. I mean, I, I'm I'm just going to put in there. The way it looked, I, 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 with it's apparently a shoulder injury, I am I, not got a lot of confidence. I heard it was ribs at first. So. Yeah, there, there was conflicting reports of shoulder and ribs. If it's shoulder, that's a no. If it's ribs, he might be get he might get away with it. 
depending right, so... on what 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 ribs what kind of if it's a bruised rib then he'll get away with it if it's anything more than that then he won't get away with it yeah absolutely so back three I mean, for me, I, you, you cannot. I don't think you can deviate from um, Rudiger, Silva, and probably Christensen. I agree. That would be my back three. I mean, Even maybe, though I don't but, think that's but, the back three that Tuchel will pick. But but that's before, fine. before this match, I probably would have thought maybe he's going to go for the same as today with Reese James as right centre back, Aspi at right white wing back. But the white after what Aspi did today. I know it's not a suspe- I know it's a league suspension and not a uh, champ a European suspension, but I'd I'd just give him the sus- I'd, I'd I'd not play him at all. Yeah, I think he's gonna get five games for that because of violent conduct. Oh, so yeah, he won't be playing. Yeah, it'll be, first it'll four be games. yeah, it'll be at least three. Yeah, well, three's three's standard, right? And then if it's violent, deemed violent conduct, they can add one to two games on that. Actually, three up to three or four, I think. Somebody, I don't know. I, I, I think I think it'll be more the five than the seven, but yeah, I think he get five, which is fine with me because I, I don't I don't think it, I, he wouldn't be in my starting lineup next season anyway. So we got RJ and and Chilwell at the wings. Yeah, and my pivot is Conte and Kovacic. You, it's exactly the same. And then we go to the, the attacking three. Go, go on, what's, what's your uh, attacker three? I think this may where we slightly differ, differ, but... I would go Havertz, Werner, Pulisic. Hmm. Uh... See, I, I will definitely flip-flop this throughout the week. At the moment, I am going to say Werner... Havertz and Mount, but uh, I I will definitely flip flop between Pulisic and Mount. Throughout well, the I think if if I'm being honest, I think Mount will start, and I think that's what Tuchel will do, because he'll get pilloried if he doesn't, and we don't win, right? So, you know, because all the Mounters out there, so uh, I think Mount probably will start. I don't think he's necessary if you have Kai Havertz playing the false nine. Because Kai Havertz will be the one carrying the ball forward, and with Mount Mounts has a lack of speed when compared to Pulisic and to Werner, they could stretch in those areas and allow the, the the space in the middle for Havertz to work. And Havertz already links up very well with both of those players; they play off each other. And that would be, that, and that's the reason why. Not that say that Pulisic has been outstanding in the last few games, but I still think that. He offers a little bit more, if I'm honest, uh, as far as breaking down a defense and, and, and either creating for somebody else or putting the ball back in the net himself. So that, that, that's my starting front three. And, oh, yeah. The hate now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick my guns and just go for Mountain for now. I think personally, because I just think I also think this will be what Tuchel plays. Um, and I think Tuchel will kind of maybe rely on Christian coming on in the second half. Right, to change a little bit less up. legs. Um, but yeah, that, that's just how I... Because I've seen that he's... Especially when 
Christian seemed to go into a bit of bad form, that's what he's tended to go back and do for Christensen, that Christian, and bring him off the bench. Um, so I, I think that could be something we could. I mean, there is. I I, I, am, I do have the sneaky feeling Ziyech has played well in both the Man City games. So I, I, I could sneakily think that he'll slip Ziyech in there at some point. Um, but I think we'll oh, have yeah, to wait Five subs, yeah. so you could change the whole thing up with bringing Ziyech and, and Pulisic off the bench. So do you play a 2-1 or a 1-2 up top? Um, I mean, in my formation, it'd be, if I'm having Werner, Havertz, Mount, I, mean, I, suppose, I, I prefer it when Havertz, when it's a 1-2, when it's a Havertz. But... Mm-hmm. There, again, I see Mount on there, and I think I'd, Mount wouldn't work in that one-two as much. So, I, I mean, it, normally of Tuchel, anyway, it's normally very adaptable and fluid like that in the, in the game anyway, so I think it might switch between the two um, right. mid-game, but we'll, we'll have to see when we get to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't help that Man City went and spanked Everton 5-0 today. That kind of gave me a little bit of a little bit of a worry, but you know we've we've played as you said we've played better against the big teams like this, so hopefully we can get a result. Definitely so. Definitely. And so. and that wraps up a wonderful ninety six ninety seven exactly minutes pod. Um, it's been a great time, obviously. Jesters, thank you for coming on. Anytime, sir. Thank you for having me. Yes, that was great to have you on. Um, we will be trying to get a uh, pod linked up within the week, pr- which will preview the Champions League game. We will look, just for the viewers, we are going to try and look for a, a bigger panel, um, trying to get all the old gang on. We're trying to get Corey, Mike, um, Arrow, Ali. Try, uh, we don't know how time zone this is going to work, but... We'll try and get as many people on. Uh, obviously, Jesters, if you're available, we'll try and get you on as well. Um, I know midweek can be a bit with work. It's a bit hor- uh, more harder for you, but we'll try and figure something out when, with as much people as possible. If I'm available, I'll be here. You know that. Perfect. Um, so, anyway, everyone, thank you for listening. Um, make sure when you, if the guys are on Apple, listening on Apple, make sure you give us a five-star review and put us down in the comments. Um, we sent out a post on Twitter because uh, we want to ask you guys, obviously it's been a year since we've done uh, started the pod, um, and we just want to ask for a bit of improvement to what you think we can improve on. Uh, with Over the summer, we'll be trying to um, get some improvements in, um, make a few changes, and hopefully just upgrade this pod a little bit. Um, so, yeah, just let us know. Be completely honest. Um, and just message me on my private account at mattjball98 um, and just let us know what, what we can do to improve. Um, all, I'm open to any criticism, constructive feedback. Just don't slag us off too much. Um, thank you all, all of you for listening. It's been a wonderful pod. It's been a wonderful year.